men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. Yeah, I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Wayne, um, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's gonna win this fight. He's gonna throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left on a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. And absolutely what happened for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for life. Yeah. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Live Rounds, episode 25 now, Steven. Um, And uh, yeah, so amazing week of wrestling. We've got to definitely talk about full gear, really dive into that. 
you know, AEW only has four pay-per-views a year. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking back to like from double or nothing to all out to full gear, like what an amazing run of shows. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just so thankful for AEW. Uh, pay-per-view time is always like, it really reminds me of like when there was only like four or six UFCs a year and, and it was like every single one of them felt special and like, there's something of a buzz. Like when I'm getting in my car and I'm heading to bills, I've got about a 45 minute drive and just like the excitement I have, it's just so different than, than anything that that's out there now. Um, so yeah, I, I love uh, AEW pay-per-views. They're, they're always the best. So anyways, how was, how was your day going, Steven? It was good, man. Watched some ring of honor on the uh, distraction fightful channel earlier with, Joseph, Jeremy, and Bob O'Neill. So that was a lot of fun and got a little bit of work done. But I, I'm with you, man, as far as all out, or sorry, as far as full gear. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that because I thought it was an incredible show. One of the best, I say it every time AEW has a show, I'm always like, that might have been the best AEW show so far. Like, yep. I feel like that every time. And it's going to sound controversial, but I'm just going to say it. And like, I actually mean it. Like, AEW is probably my favorite wrestling company ever already. Like, in, like, two and a half years. when Because when I was thinking about it today, if I take, like, let's say three years of AEW, and I yeah. match it up against, like, any three years of me being a wrestling fan of yeah. in my last, you know, 28 years or whatever I've been alive, like, when I think about it, you, you of course, can make a case for, like, you know, 96 to you know 99 with wcw like because of all that or like you know 98 to 2001 with the wwf or something like that but like it's in that conversation already of being like you can take like any three years out of wrestling history this this is the most fun i've had watching a wrestling company ever so yeah i mean and that's really you know just to kind of to your point like you get a different feeling when you watch the show and they have goodwill with the fans like we'll talk about some of the people that, you know, might be a bit more controversial or whatever throughout the show. But like, for the most part, they're giving the fan base exactly what we want and they're paying off long-term stories and like everything is making sense. And like, yeah. So it's just, you know, there's just, there's a lot to look forward to. And not just that, like it's the small details too. Right. Cause there's definitely some things in there that, that are like Easter eggs that if you haven't been like watching, you wouldn't pick up on, but if you've been a longtime fan, you get, and, um, and like, you know, even just like at the contract signing, right, there was an acknowledgement of Kota Ibushi and Ibushi hasn't stepped one foot into AEW. But when Adam said it, everyone reacted to it because they know the story because most of these fans were here from the beginning before AEW even existed. Um, and so that's just a it's just a really cool like nod to all those fans too. Um, but one thing first, let's just get this out of the way. I I know it's been a trying football season, Stephen, but I need you guys to really get it together, and I need you to beat the Packers on Sunday. Oh, this of needs course. to happen. I definitely want to that. happen. Definitely want that. It can also. happen. You can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. I need it to happen, okay, because we've got the Chiefs, and I think we're going to beat the Chiefs, but I'm not sleeping on the Chiefs, and if we win and the Packers lose, that number one seed is ours, okay? 
and I need you to take care of business because I don't know how many other capable teams the Packers are facing that, that can beat them, and I believe in y'all. Y'all can do this. Yeah, we're going to play them, you know, again this season, too. This is our first game against them this year. So, I mean, set the tone. Yeah. Set the tone, baby. And I mean, the Vikings, as as bad as some of this has been this season, as much as I think Zimmer needs to go and and all all that, like, they're still very much in the wild card chase. I I think they, I think it's like the new statistic or, or, you know, for betting lines or whatever is like 41% into the playoffs at this point. And we have the tiebreaker over Carolina. So, we're in, and we could still potentially win the division. Like if we beat Green Bay twice, for instance, like that would be humongous. Yeah. Um, but you know, if we play the way we played this past weekend, um, we can beat any team. Like they, they, they need to throw to Justin Jefferson. Just keep bombing it to him. Like he's playing so well. And Dalvin Cook still got about a hundred yards on the ground and a touchdown. Like everyone's getting theirs, and just yeah. let them let them do what they're doing. Um, so I think we can beat the Packers. I think we can beat any team in football, honestly, like when we're, when we're actually playing to the, to the strengths of the players we have. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if you saw our game at all, but, um, so first quarter we scored seven points, right? Second quarter we scored 29 points. I saw CD lamb like went off on fantasy, like early 29 points in one quarter, Steven. 29 yeah. points. And then the third quarter, we scored seven points, and then we pulled Dak. We're like, all right, look, that's enough. We've, we beat this team. We beat them by 40. But um, How did it, Rush it, play, by the way? How did you? Rush play when, when they switched out Dak. Uh, he Cooper didn't Rush. score. He didn't score. I to say, because he played like an all-star against us, so nah, a pro bowler, no. I should say. So. All we yeah. asked him to do was hand the ball off to kill the clock. That's basically <laughs> it, so – but uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a great game, and I was you know you, you get nervous when your team gets beat as bad as they did against Denver, but for them to bounce back the way they did and just beat it, blow a team out, they had just beat the Saints in a close game. They were four and four. They were on a winning streak somewhat, and then and they and then the Saints had just recently beat Tampa Bay, so it was like, man, I don't know, Atlanta might really give us some problems, and uh, no. Not at all. So, and Tampa Bay lost to Washington. Like, yes, like things are just falling in line. I just need somebody to beat the Packers, and that will be you guys. You will do it. Let's do this, and uh, things will be great. Yeah, I agree. Let's do this. Skull Vikings. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know where to be even to start. I guess if you just want to go match by match for full gear. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you a lot of credit because in the first match, you were saying that this could be match of the night and this could really steal the show. And I thought it was going to be good. You know, I did think it was going to be really good. I thought it would be up there as like a, a clear, maybe like top three, top four match on the card. But like, I, I pretty much think it was the best match on the card. And it, it, it made me also realize just how good MJF has gotten in the ring. Like, yeah, I mean, him and Sammy was really good and he's had some good matches, but like, man, like there's something about him and Darby too, where I feel like that they both feel that they're right there, you know, like neither one is way ahead of the other and they're competitive. It kind of reminds me of like triple H in the rock back in the day. 
Like, yeah, like Intercontinental title, like trying I know to they're way smaller, but they're yeah. both wanting that top spot. They know one of them is going to be the next big thing. And after that match, I was just like, dude, these guys are going to wrestle each other for the title one day. Like, it will happen. Um, and, and they'll definitely be the future of the company. But uh, I thought it was great. I thought MJF did a really dirty trick to win, which is perfect for his heel character. Um, because what what's... And that's another thing about AEW, right, is, like, there's some unpredictability there. We just don't know. And when you put, like, two two guys that could easily win that match and it doesn't really hurt the storyline either way, you don't know who's going to win. So um, I, I like that the whole time MJF told him he was going to beat him with, like, a headlock uh, takeover, and that's exactly what he did. He cheated to get it, but that's his character. It makes sense. It worked. Um I thought this was a really good match. Yeah. <laughs> like you mentioned, I I was calling it all week. Every show I did, when asked about what I thought the best match of the night was going to be, I was sticking for, firm with Darby on versus MJF. And I think I was right. Like, I really, I mean, you can make a case, of course, for there's this pay per view is so good. You could, there's yeah. like six matches you could say was match of the night. But, but in my opinion, I thought they told the best overall story. I mean, of course, the main event has years worth of stories, of course. But, like, within the one match itself, like, that story of, once again, they, and MJF started the match with the headlock takeover. And he ended the match with the headlock takeover. And I just thought it was, I thought the match was brilliant. And I love the way that MJF won with, you know, the using the, the ring and then doing the headlock takeover for the one, two, three. Um, they went out there and absolutely killed it. I I really, really, really like this match. This is one of my favorite matches uh, in AEW history so far. And, we're, and like you were saying, they're going to, like, we're going to see, in the way AEW will do it, they'll space it out enough that by the next time these two wrestle each other, it's going to mean even more. And, like, we're going to really, really want to see it again. We're not just going to see it again, like, this week on Dynamite and then the next right. week on Rampage. And then, like, it'll be a minute. And when we see it again, it's going to matter a lot. Did you see did you see the statistics for DQs that have led to following matches for WWE and AEW? Was that what Colby put up from Fightful? I saw something about something it was like, like for that. just I don't know, I saw a clip of it and someone posted it, but it was just for this year. The WWE has had 78 DQ finishes and AEW has had two. <laughs> Go figure. 78 like that is crazy. Well, how many? Laziness. I wonder how many. I wonder how many clean finishes there were in comparison to the seventy-eight. I bet you there's more DQs than actual clean finishes. I would. I would. I would definitely believe that. And the sad thing is that would even happen on pay per view. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't care. Like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a higher number than clean finishes if you factor in. DQs and just like someone coming in, like screwing someone else over or some sort of interference. You know what I mean? Like how many yeah. WWE matches in the last year have end, have just been one person versus another person and just no BS and just somebody just won a match for in comparison Very, to either an, an interference or a DQ. That, like yeah. maybe the, maybe the Seth Rollins and edges matches, maybe something like that. Maybe some of the Romans, but even Romans, they get, they have the Usos and stuff. I don't know. I don't watch. So. No, me either. I, I, I just summer's I mean, Survivor Series this weekend. Whoop de doo. <laughs> Go to WrestleRumble.com. Try to win a thousand dollars. That's yeah. what I'll be doing. 
Yeah, with a random shot of like, I have no clue the storylines are or what. Like, I don't it's know the matches. Who's, who's the world title match? Roman and Big E. They're already throwing that thing away with no. Oh, because it's because it's brand versus brand. So they're doing the two champions, but, but so it's Becky versus Charlotte. Roman they're all and Big e. I, like, I I have no idea. Maybe right. both get the champs. Maybe we both get belts. I don't know. <laughs> they got extra convoluted right after their uh their redraft or whatever. Yeah, that, that's that's all the mm-hmm. WWE talk you are getting the uh, the entire show. By the way, so once again, WrestleRumble.com, thousand dollars on the line. I'll be. I watch. I only watch somebody pay per view because I'm trying to win a little bit of money. So uh, you know, shout out to Russell Rumble. But yeah. Well, I, and uh, I mean, I think I think really now Survivor Series is not that big of a deal to the WWE. So I think Money in the Bank is now more of a big deal because it looks like they're going to try to put it in Vegas every year and like have its own feature. Um, so cool, whatever. Like, and and this is the thing too is like, if you're just a wrestling fan. Like, if you just choose to watch AEW instead of WWE, you have AEW Dynamite, you have Rampage, you can watch Dark if you want to, and then there's pay-per-views, but that allows you to still get your wrestling that you need, and you don't have to put in a ton of time into it, and it's very, like, satisfying, and it's not crazy ridiculous, so I just think that... um, that's a way a lot of people are going. And one thing that's clear, I heard WrestleMania tickets are not selling well at all. Yeah, there was no buzz for like when they went on Nothing. sale. Nothing. It used to and be like a huge deal when that got announced. Huge deal. And I and I'm I, I'm we're seeing hardcore WWE fans at these AEW events. We're seeing Brock Lesnar guy. We're seeing the green shirt guy <laughs> in the front row. Yeah. Like we're seeing people that always make that trip to WrestleMania now going to AEW. And honestly, if you break down the prices, if you break down a full WrestleMania trip, if you're flying and all that hotel fan fest, everything, like you probably could go to three or four AEW events for the same price if you just skipped WrestleMania. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to do. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, Especially was, with Mania being on two nights. Now you have to buy two tickets. You have to miss out on other stuff, I'm guessing. Because if I'm an independent promotion, man, I know that there is enough people out there that don't care about Mania at this point. I'm still running shows on Mania weekend. I'll still do it while Mania is going on. Like, there's enough. You could sell probably a 1,000 tickets of people that don't care about WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I'd be in that boat. Like, I hundred percent. Yeah, I'd go for all the other stuff, and like I've talked about it plenty that you know AEW or WWE rather is doing that. Well, I am going to AEW in like two weeks, but then there's WWE here in <coughs> in town on the first in Atlanta, some like new pay per view, and like I have literally no interest in going at all. Like outside of, I think I'm going to get free tickets, so maybe I'll go because it's just like free tickets, but I don't, I mean, like I'll be out of there before the main event. Probably I'll try to just beat traffic. Like I'm not going to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I'm going to go and hopefully there's some free food and, but it, it, there's just no, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Cause I saw the WrestleMania tickets had gone on sale, but there was just no, like, just nobody really seemed to care. But before like people were like 
you know, lining up down the street everywhere. Go to your local, you know, Publix to the Ticketmaster and wait there with a group of wrestling nerds. Uh, people are like, even who has the pre-sale code? Oh my God, who has a pre-sale code? And it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I just there's zero buzz for this thing. And I think one of the biggest things is, is like, what can you do? What, what match can you? Like what gives them faith that they're going to see a good show? Why are why would people be invested or excited to see this thing? See, especially uh, Omos. Especially, stop it. Especially, well, he'll probably be the champion by then. Oh my god! By I, next I WrestleMania, mean, I will. I will not watch. I just. I don't care. Especially. When and the thing is too, right? Is WrestleMania got me this year because it was like one of the first events after the pandemic, like where we actually had legit good twenty five thousand people there. That was one of the main reasons I watched. Like there is literally hardly like I I, I couldn't tell you a benefit to watch this show. Like I, I don't I don't see any reason to watch it. Um, Wrestle Rumble, <laughs> yeah, Wrestle Rumble. Take, take your guess. But I mean, no clue who's gonna face Roman. No clue who. I mean, I just whatever. I just, just I it just doesn't matter. It just no buzz, matter. nothing. Yeah. And I think that there are plenty of people that are transitioning from WWE going to AEW. I really do. Um, on, on so let's just get back to the full gear card. So the the tag the the tag match. I thought the effort was really good. I, I really liked the Lucha Bros entrance. They came across looking like superstars. I thought the match was good until the end. I thought that they just overbooked it. I It, it was confusing. Like, it's well, like, why does he have the mask on? Okay, then he pinned the wrong guy. Like, I get it. But I just think that it left people kind of just like, huh? Well, like, yeah. So, Fightful, I saw on Fightful Slight they reported today that um, Dax got like knocked out during the match, and that yeah. was why. So they had to like the I finish, right? And then that's why it's like the finish. That's why the finish came off so weird because like there was supposed to be more to them switching with the gotcha. masks and stuff. So like because when when I watched it live, I thought the match was really really good, and then yeah. the ending was like, wait, that was the finish. But then when I found that out, it was like, oh, that makes sense. Like they the they couldn't do the intended finish and they just kind of halfway were able to do it. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, two of the best tag teams in the world, like that's, that's a match. I'm never going to get sick of watching these, these teams wrestle each other. They're so damn good. So, and I'm glad the Lucha brothers retained at the end of the day, because they're, they're incredibly over. And I think, but I do think Phoenix does stand out a lot more than Penta, like at this point, just me personally, but yeah, I'll also I also have the bias so against too. the, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, but no, I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix is, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that like Leo Rush and Dante can get in the mix with those dudes. Cause I want yeah, Phoenix and Dante to like kill it. Yeah, dude, that, there's, there's a lot to look forward to with those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, the tag team match was, I mean, it was, it was good. It was almost 20 minutes, just solid just solid tag team wrestling between two teams that have very different styles, but like they make it work. It kind of reminded me of like FTR and NXT, like at a takeover, like that's what it kind of felt like. Cause it's like, it was against somebody that was a totally different style, but it was a really good match. And like I said, 
and and I understand why they did what they did. It's just while I was watching the pay-per-view live, I'm like, this is great. This is awesome. I'm like, what? Why? Okay, sure. You know, so it kind of took me down. But, I mean, I get why they did it. So it, it, it is what it is. But it was a good match. I, I, I just hate for them to put that much effort into the match and for it to just kind of come across flat at the end. But it happens. Yeah. Um, and then we had Brian Danielson versus Miro. This, this kind of reminded me of, like, one of those old-school ROH matches where, like, it started off slow and then it built. And um, how did you feel about Brian actually knocking Miro out cold? I mean, I get what they were going for. It, like, he kind of, like, slipped off him at the end. So I think it took, like, a little bit away from it. Yeah. Like, it was a little confusing. Yeah. But, I mean, but the match itself I thought was really, really, really good. Like, yeah. I mean, this is it's the kind so of thing that... different because he's such a vicious striker now. And yeah. like in, in in WWE, he was not allowed to look like that. He was always supposed to look like the underdog. So it's really the return of the American Dragon. It really is. And I, I kind of think he has a couple of screws loose, honestly. I think I think he's one of those guys that just lives like a totally normal life in, in like at home and stuff. And then he just like clocks into work and he's just like, bring on the chaos, baby. Like give it to me until I can't have it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. He loves it. This is like his escape. It's the best. I mean, and the, you know, this is the kind of match like these two guys would not be able to have a match like this in WWE ever. No way. Like no way. And both these guys just absolutely killed it out there. And I'm glad Danielson won. Yep. Um, you know, I like the idea of Miro versus Hangman. I think, and we could still get that at some point in the future for sure. But I like the idea of Danielson and uh, Hangman even more. So, yeah, um, I think that's, killing a, it. that's a that's a big match. I feel like that that should have almost like not Grand Slam type feel, but something maybe like announced three weeks out, build it up some and put it on like a because I don't think it's making it all the way to a pay-per-view. I think this will happen on a dynamite. And I keep telling people like people forget that like uh, Brian uh, Moxley's uh, title reign almost of one year ended on a dynamite. Was that winter? Yeah. Winter is winter coming. Is coming. Yeah, it seems the Sting show. That's what happens. Like dynamite can be treated as big as a pay per view sometimes because there's only four pay per views. So I think people need to because I I see this comment stuff all the time where it's like, well, I mean, they can't do that because then that's like three months out. So and it's like, man, you you've got to think like bigger picture. They will do this on the dynamite. They will. So. um I think Brian and, and Hangman should be like on a big dynamite, something with nice build. Yeah, I agree. And free TV, like that's funny too, because fans will complain about that. They'll be like, "Oh, I'm not going to do this on pay per view." Like, I know. Like, you're upset that we can watch it for free. <laughs> like, I know, and they're like, "No, we're going to watch it on picture and picture." Like, I get <laughs> it. It's not the. It's not perfect, but like, would you rather just not do it? Like, yeah. So I, I I hope they do another one of those winter is coming type shows. Yeah. I thought that that was like that was basically a pay per view on TV that yep. night. Like it was, and that's going to be a hell of a debut day. of the stinger. Yeah, I've marked out extra hard for that. And like in Danielson and Hangman, the match itself is going to be really really good. And I'd imagine that Hangman will win, especially yep. and if he and if he wins clean, like that's that 
sets the tone for him as a champion. Like if he can get past American Dragon, like now he's beaten Omega and Danielson. Like you have to look at him in the same. He's at the same level as as the top guys. Like you can't. You know what I mean? Like you've established he is. Ju- he is as high up there as Omega and Danielson, which is huge. Yep. No, I'm with you. Um, and by the way, guys, there's 32 people in here watching right now. If you can, please hit that like button. Help us out. Um, and if you guys do have any questions, submit through Super Chat. Supports the channel. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll make sure that we answer your question. Uh, Michael actually is here with the first Super Chat. I really appreciate it, Michael. Congrats on your pats. They're looking like they're really turning it around. Their defense. I picked up their defense on Fantasy, and that's helped me out a lot, too. So uh, I'm really I'm really proud of that win. I feel like that's going to show up big in the end. So. Uh, he said, with Hangman Danielson on the on the horizon, do you see a scenario where Danielson could turn heel? Man, did you see that Sammy Guevara uh, heel promo that he cut on Sammy's vlog? No. Oh, my the Dan- God. The, Dan- the Danielson cut? Yes. <clears throat> he's <clears throat> like, you you have a vlog? He's like, he's like, why don't you go out there? instead of watching people live their life and you actually live your life. He's like, go and do something more productive than vlogging. And then he's like, the young people were supposed to be the future of this world to help us out. And all they want to do is vlog. I'm like, (laughs) damn. And like Tay and Sammy's face was just like, uh... He seems so disgusted. It reminded me a lot of that, like, environmental um, Brian Danielson. I was about to say, that was, like, that was my favorite version of him, his entire WWE run, probably, was that whole P. I mean, there was obviously the WrestleMania 30 build, which was, you know, that was huge. But I love that heel planets champion thing that he did so yeah I, you know and that's another thing at some point danielson will turn heel also like we're gonna get yep. all different sides of these guys and girls and stuff as they come over uh or start joining the company but i'm actually watching samoa joe and danielson from ring of honor on my tv to the, to the side here as we're talking about that nice and it's it's wild we were talking well we'll get to it in a second but similar to to cm punk like it's wild because when you watch the ring of honor stuff and then you watch their stuff now, it's almost like they like went on vacation in the WWE. Like yeah. they're like the same people from yep. then now, but like they were so nerfed for, for well, you know, when you heard, you heard what punk said about the fan base, right? The, what do you, who he performs in front of? No. What did he say? He said, basically the AEW fans are the fans that he performed before he went to the WWE. Like right. those, yeah. those type of fans. And he said he doesn't believe that there are casual viewers anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't think that that's even a thing. And he said it right in front of Tony Khan too. <laughs> and Tony Khan was just like, <laughs> so happy, just hugging I'm him. I'm sure that he's also like telling T and T like there are casual fans and we'll get them mm-hmm. and all this and CM Punk's like, there's no such thing. As a <laughs> I love so, it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. So we've got Brian Danielson now as the number one contender. Um, like I said, we both believe that this match will probably happen before the next pay-per-view. Um, I, my guess is I don't think it'll go all the way till January either. I think this will be like a probably early December, mid-December show 
if I had to guess something like probably something like three, four weeks out is, is max that I think that this, this waits. Yeah. I'm with you. Cool. So the next match was young bucks and Adam Cole, the super click versus Luchasaurus jungle boy and Christian. Um, and I thought this match was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I thought that the Young Bucks, listen, uh, you can say whatever you want about them. They just always deliver on pay-per-view. They know when it's time to show up, and they go out there, and they always deliver. You add Adam Cole to the mix. A lot of crazy spots, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I didn't know if they were going to lose, though. I was a little surprised by the winner, honestly. Um and it kind of was like this uh, Jungle Boys moment from a boy to a man type storyline to me. But then I watched the Road 2 show, which was kind of recapping a lot of uh, what happened at Full Gear. And it was like, basically, Luchasaurus was thanking Christian for showing them the way. Like, for, for going places that they never thought that they could go. So I'm wondering if Christian is going to like corrupt them, maybe possibly make them turn heel. Like, I don't know, but that kind of was the vibe I was getting that like uh, he's, he's kind of putting evil thoughts into their heads and and going through with it. So I think either they're going to fight off the heel turn and him and like jungle boy and Christian will feud like we've been calling for a while or it's going to be um, they just turn heel. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see Jungle Boy turning heel anytime soon. Yeah. Um, And I agree with you that the match itself, especially with the outcome, was really, like, it was really more about Jungle Boy getting the win than, like, the team. But what is, like, but also, because everyone's expecting Christian to turn. And we've been talking about it for a while. But what if he's just, just a total white meat baby face. It just keeps having really good matches. Like there's nothing really wrong with that either. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I and mean, I do kind of feel like too, like they really take their heel turn seriously. Like they're not just going to turn anyone and everyone heel. Like it has to be for a serious reason. It has to be set up. Um, I just think it gives Christian a different group of people to work with. And it, um, I think it would help Jungle Boy, like elevate Jungle Boy too, if he had like a actual pay per view feud with Christian. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I agree with all that as well, and I think that's probably where they wind up heading. But, but I mean, the match itself was was really, I mean, that was an awesome uh, Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, pretty much action the entire time, no downtime. Just they went out there and totally killed it. And I love the finish, like towards the end, with like Luchasaurus doing the shooting star press off the off the uh, entrance ramp and everything. Like that was that was sick. Like, yeah, I mean, just just so just really really creative, really good match. I loved on BTE this week how Cutler had so much footage of him like during that match. It was like yeah. a, like a first person point of view of him like huffing and puffing and like getting beat up and like you know, falling all over the place. They even had the, like, fight in the elevator between Christian and Matt Jackson that we didn't see. Yeah. They had that. Yeah. So, I thought that was really cool as well. Um, Sorry, I keep hitting my microphone. But, uh, 
but yeah, like I said, and like you said as well, I, at the end of the day, like I was surprised about the outcome because I figured the super click would win, but the really, really the theme of this and the outcome is jungle boy. Like he overcame this and like now what's next for jungle boy. Like it's how yeah. I, you know, and it's smart for AEW to, to do this, to elevate, like it's, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole are going to be fine regardless. Like, they're just going to go on to just keep doing big things. But now now Jungle Boy has to be taken, like, super seriously as well. Like, and I think his next feud is going to be really, really important. And he, and he needs to win. Like, whatever his next big one-on-one feud is, whether it's Christian or if it's, like, you know, another, you know, big heel in AEW, like, he needs to win his next his next feud. And just like keep establishing him as like a, a top baby face for the future. Yeah, I mean he is a pillar, right? So yeah, he's, he they definitely need to. But I mean, if you if you want to go over like the pillars, like they all basically got to showcase themselves and they all stood out in the show. So AW does a good job of really promoting their young guys and their current talent as well. So definitely props to them for that. Yeah. So what was the next match? It was either it was Cody, right? Cody yeah. and um Pac versus Andrade and uh who else? Malachi. Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I thought this was a good match. A lot of people try to hate on it, but mainly I guess because Cody's in it. But <laughs> right. But I thought it was a good match. I didn't have a problem with it at all. Um, I do feel feel like it was just kind of thrown in there, but I'm glad that they did because these guys have been featured on Dynamite for a while now, and it's like it didn't make sense if they weren't on the pay-per-view. So I thought it was a good match. Um, nothing bad, nothing amazing, but I definitely thought it was a good match. Yeah, I heard Brian Alvarez explain this really well, too. He basically said – you know, this is the most WWE kind of type of match on the show from the perspective of like the, you know, the can they coexist type tag team, but it works on this show and in this company because this was the only match on this whole show that was like that. And they don't, and they don't regularly do stuff like this. Like, yeah. So it worked for what this is. And at the end of the day, You've been calling it for a while, but this will 1 million percent lead to a four-way between all four of these wrestlers. Yep. And yep. that's going to be awesome. And I'm really interested to see who walks away the winner of, of that. Um, yeah. And, I mean, if you just want to talk about it, like, we can talk about Cody Rhodes, you know, in Oof. detail a little bit. because I'm feeling you know, heat already. I'm feeling heat come on my shoulders here. I get it all the time for, like, defending him. But, like, it's, it's wild. So, first off... I'll say this. This is where I think Cody is at fault. Okay. I think Cody separating himself from the elite, whether that is because of real life issues or just they wanted to do it on character. If you are going to separate yourself from the elite, you cannot go and feud with Anthony Agogo and QT Marshall. Like that will drop your stock because you are just now involved in irrelevant feuds. And what happened is, is he did it for too long and it made himself look irrelevant. And then when he came back and like started to feud with Malachi Black, I was excited about it, right? And I was looking forward to it. And then it's like he jobbed out in minutes 
And then he's talking about possibly retiring. And then it's like all he does now is have Arn Anderson basically tell him he's a bitch and like he loses to him again. And then he finally beats him. And not only that, to, to add salt, there's not a lot of Brandy Rhodes fans out there, right? And then she comes back with him as well. So I just think it's like this perfect storm of people who have had problems with him for whatever reason. And on top of that as well, you do have debuts of Brian Danielson and CM Punk and stuff, and they view Cody as way below them. And so it's like, they're basically like, look, they don't need you anymore. Like you got them to where they wanted to be, but you don't belong here anymore. And I think that's ridiculous, but it's just this perfect storm of things. And then the number, and and then the thing that's really setting this off right now is he refuses to turn heel. And so like people think now he thinks he's John Cena to where it's like, he'll take the heat, he'll take the boost, he'll take the cheers but it's like when you welcome that, I feel like that you're welcoming booze, even though you're not you're not really a heel. So it, it's just a it's awkward. Honestly, this is one of the weirdest situations I've ever seen in pro wrestling as a character or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think a lot like all of what you're saying is like it's all valid. Like I, I get that side of all of that. And, but it's, it's just, it's hard to like really put a finger on it. But what I need to definitely say that I feel like people kind of get like, they get lost on this and people are going to go, well, this let me get through. Yeah. AEW does not exist without Cody Rhodes. 100% straight up does not exist without Cody. If it was just the Young Bucks and Kenny, we would not be seeing AEW right now. The Young Bucks are one of the best tag teams in the history of wrestling, in my opinion. But they 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 would have been doing what they were doing. They've been wrestling all over the place, making a ton of money. They were killing it on the indies. They were making enough money on the indies already that they didn't need to go to any other company if they didn't want to. They were they were doing great. Kenny Omega would have continued. He'd be like the 10-time IWGP heavyweight champion or whatever at this point. Like Kenny Omega was a made man in Japan, but not a huge star in the United States. And, not, Cody, and, and real quick too, Cody made the Bullet Club so much bigger. Yes. The Bullet Club was really just like a Jap- Japanese fringe organization where people thought was really cool that basically Kenny was stepping into the footsteps of AJ Styles. But like when Cody joined, it was like megastar Kenny Omega with rising up and coming star uh, Cody with Young Bucks. And then also they brought that feud to the States. So when Kenny and Cody were doing the Bullet Club is fine gimmick, like that blew up. That changed everything yeah that's that's all very true um you know and so when it comes to like i'm trying to think like the best way of putting this because there's so there's so much there's so many layers to the cody thing like yes you know um I'm trying to think of where to actually really start because there's, there's just so much to get to with it. But, but 
So, well, where do you far- think, where do you think it really started the hate for Cody? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with there's a lot of jealousy involved whether people want to like admit that or not. Like it just, the idea of somebody like doing as well as he's doing, but what I think people like really, really, really need to grasp. And me and you have talked about this either here or privately before. And people just, they just either forget or like it's (sighs) Cody. When Cody quit the WWE wasn't released when he quit the WWE. That was at a time when there were no guarantees of anything beyond that for his career. The guy had never, he, he started an OVW. Like he never wrestled the Indies. He had no indie name, no indie presence. No one was really like clamoring for a Cody Rhodes indie run. There was no other really big companies to go to. Like there was new Japan, there was impact ring of honor and stuff, but there wasn't an AEW to go to. He, he left and really, really, really took a gamble with his career. Now, and, and then built it to where he was able to start AEW with Tony Khan, the Young Bucks, and Kenny. But now all the people that they want to see beat Cody are that they think have been so mistreated and so... Bo- it's like all these wrestlers are making this decision to quit the WWE when now there's this, this option of going to AEW that Cody laid the foundation for. So all these people yep. that are like, well, you know, Malachi Black was so misused and Andrade was so misused. And they, well, Cody was quitting WWE way before quitting WWE was cool or anyone else was really doing it. Yep. So, like, keep that in mind. Like, Cody's kind of the original one of these guys that, that you really should be behind. Like, he was dra- – he had to sit there year after year and watch his dad train all these or, – or help produce all these wrestlers for NXT – and all of them get called Dusty's kids over and over and over again. While he's Dusty's actual kid, and he's yep. dressed up like a space clown. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel bad for that guy. You know what I mean? Like, he got out of there when there was no guarantees. And so it's like, but now we've all turned on this guy. Like, now he, now he's too, now he's too John Cena-like. Now he's become too successful. You know, and then there's the whole patriotism side of it, which is like, I know that's a really touchy thing to talk about. And I'm not going to tell people how to feel about their own countries and all that kind of stuff. But in the context of the story between him and Anthony Agogo, I feel like people just don't quite understand. When Cody's up there talking about a guy moving to the United States for an opportunity, whatever you want to call it, a better life, you can say what you, people can have their opinions on the United States of America. It isn't a perfect country. There's a lot of things that are wrong with the U.S. in my opinion. But the actual story was built on the idea of Anthony Agogo immigrated to the United States for opportunity to, for this career in boxing and wrestling and stuff. He's looking for the American dream. Cody... His dad was the American dream. Cody, for that one match, called himself the American dream. There is a lot of story built into this. Like, it's not just Cody being patriot to be patriot. It's like, he's the American dream. This guy wants to achieve the American dream. He has to beat me to get the American dream. Like, I don't know why that's so controversial. You know what I mean? And the thing, too, about the country thing is like, it's like this. The idea of America... It's, it's not controversial at all. Like America is supposed to be this great country, right? But it doesn't matter what kind of company you have. If you have terrible employees, 
it's not going to go the way that you want it to go, right? Congress is trash. There is a lot of people in government that are trash, that are terrible people that have destroyed this country. And so we have a system to where the whole point of the, the system is to work, but we have people in there that are using their own power and financial benefit to hurt this country. And so people hate America. No, you hate the people that represent America. You hate the people that are in charge of America. You don't hate America. And Cody is one of those people that believes in the American dream. He lived the American dream. And not just that, in that promo, he's about to be a father. That's a very emotional, sensitive time that you're bringing in a, ch a child to this world. But that's the thing, too, about Cody is he wears his heart on his sleeve. He gives you everything he has. He really connected with the fans in a different way. I will say this. He has the worst Star Wars, Wars takes in the world. He <laughs> likes that trash-ass He-Man show on Netflix. Like, he definitely likes a lot of really bad stuff. But at the end of the day, like, Cody is a super genuine, genuine good dude. And, like, I think the frustrating part for me is I think just as a guy, as a guy that plays a character, he is better suited as a heel. He plays a heel very, very well. And I think when you tell the fans that you're not going to get the best of me because I don't want to go there, that pisses people off. And that is basically what he has been doing for a while now. And I think that that hasn't helped him either. But I also think that he deserves to go whichever path he wants to go and all. But I do think it's going to be interesting, man. Like, what happens when, like Cody says, you're either batting at home or you're batting away? What happens if every single town is away? At what point is Tony Khan going to be like, look, man, like, they want to boo you. They want you to be a bad guy. I think it's something we need to consider. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I th I think they could ride the line for a while, like they like the WWE did with Cena. Like as much as yep. we hated it during that time, like if I would have been this age, then I'd have a totally different perspective on it because I'd be yep. sitting there going like, "Why is everyone booing John Cena?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's so bad about this guy? Um, but I mean, yeah, there's a lot, and and like you said, it's a perfect storm with Cody for a lot of reasons because then you also have taking out Brandy. I. I'm not a fan of Brandy. I've made yeah. that pretty clear, you know? I think he hurts, she hurts his presentation on the show, personally. Um, especially if she comes back and she wins the women's championship. I think that's going to be a terrible look. But at the same oh, time... I, I think the booze that Cody would get if she wins the women's title, because I don't think they're necessarily going to take it out on Brandy. I think they're going to take it out on Cody. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, we don't have to... Hopefully that day won't come, but that's we'll, a we'll really see. bad idea. Maybe the TBS title, maybe, but like she cannot beat Brit or something like that for the TNT title. I mean, for the actual championship. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and you know, there's there's all that because there's the other side of it too that people think he just like holds everyone down. If for people who watch, was it Rose to the Top when they showed all that footage of Malachi Black just backstage, just like praising Cody? Like, yep. you have you got, no people don't understand how big this is. Like, this is the biggest moment in my career, basically, is this dude putting me over like this. Like, yep. people, and that's another thing. Like, Cody's a massive star for AEW in the context of like their roster. 
there aren't that many other names that are a bigger name than Cody, to be honest. Is it like to the general public or just in the world of wrestling? Like, however you want to look at it. They'd be foolish to not do anything with him. And they'd be fo- I hear people that are like, well, you know, he beat Anthony Agogo and he beat Sonny Kiss and, you know, he beat this person. That person. It's like, these are all people he should have beaten. Like, would you, be, would you be saying the same thing? Like, Sonny Kiss should be, okay, so Sonny Kiss should be beating Kenny Omega. Joey Janela should be beating John Moxley. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's levels to this. I'm you sorry. Remember when Kenny beat Sonny and like gave like the look right after the pin or while he was pinning, and it's just like this is such a joke. Like he's just like, right? Like they've all. But if Cody that. did that, it'd be oh like, my oh, god! Look at you know, Cody holding down Sonny Kiss. You know, it's all about him, all about himself. Like he's lo- he's not losing to people he shouldn't be losing to. Look at all the people he's made. I'll miss a ton of them, but like. Brody and Malachi, people are gonna go, Well, he Malachi beat him. He went 0-2 to Malachi. Like I, Malachi is on that level. That it has been established that Malachi is a main event level guy. He's yep. he's on the same level as Cody. That that's the point of this. Not it's not about necessarily them being bigger and better than Cody because it's gonna be tough to do that because you don't have that many you you don't you don't have that many stars that have been this. Cody's been on screen in pro wrestling for like 15 years now, as crazy as that is to think about. Like he's a very recognizable person. A lot of the people in AEW are new to the mainstream wrestling audience. Like it it just doesn't. And people aren't saying these things about Kenny and the Young Bucks and stuff who are, by the way, Cody can't even challenge for their world title. Like he's he's putting himself over. It's all about him. Can't even challenge for their main championship. But Kenny just held it for like a year and no one was complaining about that. He's an EVP in the company. Like it just, it's, it's just like, it's uh, people are always looking for reasons to be outraged about stuff. And then everyone went after Cody and it's just the easy thing to do. Just don't like the guy. He's too clean. He's too this. He's too that. He, uh, there were a lot of people that were really upset about in that go-go promo when he brought up that his daughter yeah. and I'm just going to say it. And this, I'm not trying to be, I don't know how, you know, I'm genuinely asking this. Like what's, what is controversial about Cody saying my wife is black, my child's mixed. I want my child to know the history of both white people and black people. Like, how is that even somewhat controversial? Right. You know, but I feel like people think that he's virtue signaling and he's trying to speak for African-Americans and stuff. And it's like, no, this guy's just telling us what's, what he's keeping it real with us. And like, like at he, the end of the day, too, it doesn't erase one's history, right? So like, no. if if he has a mixed child, that child doesn't just become black; it's also white. Like, and so they both have each heritage. So that's that's just nonsense when people are just like, "Oh, how dare he still want to raise it with this white heritage?" Like, shut up. Well, like, and also, like, wouldn't you, not even for just him, just in general, wouldn't you want all children knowing the history of, of all this stuff? And so that, like, you don't repeat history, like, the bad parts of it? Like, wouldn't you want everyone knowing? You know what I mean? Like, it, it isn't just, like, it isn't just for him. It's like... And, and here's the thing, too, though, is there's there's good and bad. And that's the thing. It's like, there's people on sides that only want to talk about the bad, and so then it just makes things way worse and they want to completely ignore the good. And there's been good and bad. There's no way that there hasn't been good if we haven't gotten this far, if we haven't progressed to this point. You know what I mean? So I did. And, and, and like I said, like Cody, I mean, like there's nothing 
even remotely, in my opinion, that is like racist or like a white pride guy or anything like that. Cody is so far from that. It's not even funny. So, and he's a, he's a super good dude. If you ever get a chance to meet Cody, Cody goes way out of his way to talk to you. He's a great guy. Um, I, I, I just, I kind of feel like that there's a lot of people that think the whole reason this started was because of Cody and they're like taking it out on him. They finally found their moment to where they can really take it out on him and it's just it's ridiculous i will say this though like when it came with cena like he had so much hate for so long from the smart marks and then eventually man they like they just accepted it and then he became super over and it was like people just went with it and so like if that's the route they're going i think it's worth a try but i i do i i don't think cody should completely take turning heel off the table I think that that's a bad idea. I think it should always be there. And if it really merits it, then, and then this is the thing too, is like, if he really wants to be a baby face and the crowd has basically made him a heel, I think that's going to make him a nasty heel because then he's, he's upset with the whole situation and he's going to let the crowd have it for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So two things, one, just wanted to last thing I'll say about this side of it. I saw a lot of people. Well, watch really, your what you just said first. You, knowing Cody, especially because he's like such like a comic book guy and everything, you know he's probably come up with like the most badass villain based off of like how he feels about this. Like, yeah, a, a, the most underrated version of Cody in his career, in my opinion, was the undashing Cody with the mask and the brown bags and the whole deal because you could tell he was like implementing like movie villain comic villain type like characteristics to that um and then the other thing i just wanted to throw out there it just it just to wrap up my thoughts on a lot of the the hate that cody gets because i do see a lot of people that will say i because you know his kind of like thing he's been saying for a minute is he wants to end i think it's just verbatim he wants to end racism is like what he says like i want to end racism and people like mock him for that and i'm like like what what message do you you know what i mean what message do you want like what do you want like people who complain about stuff like that what like what do you want like this guy is trying to make his motto like his message to the world let's end racism like, yeah and like somehow that's like he like he come from cody he shouldn't be doing that it's like yeah no, it's a lot better message than let's spread racism. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, he, like, God, God forbid, there's a guy out there with an African American wife who wants to make sure that the world isn't racist. Yeah, I mean, how, how dare him? I mean, geez, like the guy, the guy like could I be said, out there curing cancer, and everybody just you know can find a reason that that's, there's something wrong with that. I mean, it's like. like like I said, it's just it, it, it's at this point now where like people are just like hating on him for so many different reasons. And it's just dumb. I think it's unfortunate that he deleted his Twitter. But I mean, I get it. Like it's a toxic place. And a lot of a lot of people have at some point. But it's also addicting. And it sure seems <laughs> like everyone that leaves comes back. So very few. It's almost like wrestling retirement. Right. Like very few actually stay away. So, yeah. Um, I think I'm he'll team be Cody. Back on Twitter. Yep. As y'all know, I'm with I'm with Cody. Like I saw I saw him as a 
teenager when we were in high school. We talked about that a lot, but like I knew him for a couple years and like he was a great guy to everybody even back then. Like he was a thespian back then. Like he was on the act, he was an act, he was like one of the kid actors and stuff. Like he was doing stuff that like wasn't necessarily considered cool back in the day. You know what I mean? He was nice to everyone. Like, you know, his best friends were like drama kids. Like, like that like usually got made fun of and stuff. Like he was the one beating up people like for the like he was the one like getting revenge on bullies for kids who needed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he was a good guy. So yeah. it's it's really it's disappointing, but and let's not act like his AEW run has just been crap, right? Like the Dustin match was amazing, his Jericho feud was great. His MJF feud was great. His Sean Spears feud was good. His his uh, Darby matches were really good, and he really elevated Darby. Let's make no bones about that. He dropped the TNT title to Darby. Like Darby got elevated by Cody. Um, I just think it's kind of like after that where he just kind of drifted off and just wanted to help other people, and those people just didn't have the credibility. That, that was needed to really like keep him relevant for a long period of time. The QT one was just brutal. Like, but like that, that's a tough one. But like who, like who out there thinks that QT Marshall should have won that feud? Oh, no, you know, no, no. But I'm just saying like, you know, that's like kind of to my point is like the people he should be beating. He beats. Cause like, you can't just have Cody see, that, to everybody, which, which I'm not, I don't have a problem with him even like beating them. I just don't even think he should have been in the ring with him. Right. No, like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like just the idea of like, it, it may be a match. Okay. That's fine. But I mean, we're talking months of just like, like this whole Matt Hardy, Orange Cassidy thing. Like this thing is way, way played out and people are seriously over it. And let, let's be honest, like you want to talk about a veteran who's had pretty much a failed run in AEW. I mean, that's Matt Hardy. Like Matt Hardy, like to me, he could go right now and I wouldn't be upset at all. You couldn't believe he beat Orange Cassidy on Rampage. Just stupid. Like it's it's just it's over. And and it's not just like me being a jerk about it. He's physically shot. Like he can barely walk. He's like it's over. He's in his forties. He took way too many bumps. Like he's he's just he's done. I get it. It's fine. But like this is a this is a charity Matt Hardy run is what this is like thank you for all you've done for the business we're trying to find spots for you to fit in this company even though you don't fit anymore like that's basically what we're seeing ecw hardcore 07 says that uh hfo needs to go away yeah they've got to be the least interesting group in aew well and like you bring in butcher in the blade like you bring in ishii and it's like they're gonna wrestle butcher in the blade like no Stop that. Like, let's have some legit matches to get excited about and not just put that. Like, I don't love the idea of Brian Danielson versus Evil Uno either. Like, I get it because it's Dark Order stuff, but I'd rather see Brian Danielson and like Colt Cabana, like old school ROH, just one time still with the Dark Order, or at least the, the best in Dark Order, in my opinion, and John Silver. So I'd rather see that than than Evil Uno, who's just part of a tag team. Like, I, I, I just I'm I'm I feel like the roster is way too loaded. And Dynamite is there's only two hours on this show, three hours max of primetime TV. Like, don't just be throwing away matches. 
Yeah, but they'll make it work. It'll be a good show. I'm sure it will be, and it's fine. But like, I, I if you want ratings, if you want people to get excited, put out some stuff that gets people excited. Well, the big draw is it's it's Hangman Page Day. Like it's yeah. Cowboy Day, and on it's his world title show. I mean, so it's also it's also Jay Lethal versus Sammy Guevara. That one's got me excited, and we'll, we'll talk about Jay Lethal down the road. But yeah, that one that one's dope. <clears throat> yeah, so we can move on on the on the pay per view. But yeah, I know I I know I I talked a lot about Cody. I know there's people out there that probably are not going to agree with my opinions, and that's okay. I just wanted to kind of make a case for like the other side of just kind of like blindly hating on the guy. Like if you have real reasons, that's on you. You can feel however you want to. But for those of you who just are just jumping in with the mob and like, don't even know why you're outraged about Cody. That was really more so for you people that I just don't think really get what's going on here. Um, now the rest of the show, the next match we had Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus, uh, Jeez, Ty Conti. Almost that's the most confusing Ty, name Tay, ever. It's yeah. it's Ty, but it's uh, JR managed to say it uh, both names wrong. He said uh Tay Conte instead of Ty Conti. I thought that was pretty funny. Um what do you think about this one? Um, I thought this one was really the match where the crowd had really died. I think one of the big reasons is is because Britt is like in that Roman Reigns territory. And not saying she's as good as Roman Reigns, but I am saying, though, that, like, there's really no question she's going to win. Like, everyone knows Britt is going to win, and there really is no suspense. I think at this point, the only suspense would be Thunder Rosa. If if you do anything else, I think everyone knows Britt is going to win. So um, I think that hurt the match. But, I mean, like, Ty took bumps on the apron. She did a... Uh, uh, backflip off of the top rope to the outside. Britt did a curb, curb stop, like on the steel steps. Like it wasn't like just your average, you know, mediocre effort type match or anything like that. They, they, they gave you a pay-per-view quality match. I just think that there just was no, no suspense because everyone knew Britt was going to win, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it was a good match, but I, I but it just wasn't, Tay or Ty, she's not, she's not at the point to where you really think she's going to win the title. Yeah. I mean, but that was all, we all kind of knew what this was. It's it's a solid, you know, it's a solid title defense to keep establishing Brit's championship run. And it kind of gives us a taste of, you know, Ty and, you know, we can see that she's going to be a a champion in the future. Nice. Um, Danielson took a dive (laughs) to go pick him up. I've been seeing those random uh, figures in the store too. The uh, like the Cobra Kai and Ninja Turtle packs. Yeah, those are awful. Like no details in the face. Like, no, I was so confused when I saw those on the shelves. I was like, what is this? Um, But yeah, so, but Brit, I mean, like you said, outside of like Thunder Rosa and for me, Serena Deeb, like those would be the ones yeah. that I would be like, you know, would have it have like a real chance. At but they would the have to right now. build up Serena for me to believe it. Like that's the that's the issue is it's like you just can't book because Serena's talented and all, but you just can't book Serena and be like, she's going to be Brit now. Like there there has to be like 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 Adam Page for Kenny Omega. Right. There was legit build up where the you knew at that point they could he could become champion 
You know what yeah. I mean? And then Thunder Rosa has the built-in story there, like incredibility because Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker in the lights out match that technically isn't on their records, but like it's also one of those that like Britt has kind of tried to keep her distance from Thunder. Like since then, it's not like she's been actively trying to fight her or anything. So it's like to me, it's like one of those things that when it actually gets called, it's going to be like, oh, crap. Like, I know I'm in for it. I'm going to have to to face her. So, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, like like you both said, it was a really solid match. This was a pay-per-view yeah. quality match. Totally deserved its place on the show. And they were this like is where sandwich. the crowd is basically like trying to recover because there's been like four bangers in a row, almost five, really. Because regardless what you thought, like, I mean, still, like, this is the thing, too, is like like with the Cody match, right? I mean, you're still seeing like crazy moves. And like if you're there in the live crowd, you're seeing some crazy stuff. So it's not like this is just some little throwaway match. Like they they went all out. So by this time, you've seen like five bangers, right? And then they bring this one out where there's no suspense and who's actually going to win. So that hurt it. And so, yeah, this is where the crowd kind of started to die down. Yes, um, but then it picked right back up for the next match, CM Punk over Eddie Kingston, Yeah, which this is like, I was talking about it earlier with the guys from Fightful, but like when we, when, because we watched Punk versus Raven today from Ring of Honor, that dog collar match. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, this is the same CM Punk we saw against Eddie Kingston. You know what I mean? It's like he went out and these guys just went out there and fought <laughs> it was 11 minutes and there was no resting. There was no downtime. It was just a 11 minute long fight that looked very credible. Like it was just a, I, I thought this, I thought this was one of my, I mean, there was so much good stuff on the show, but this was, this has got to be in my top three, like of like my favorite matches of the night. And it was only 11 minutes long. I thought this was the return of CM Punk. I thought that when I saw this match, like he looked like the, I don't want to say prime, but pretty close to it. Like he looked extremely comfortable in the ring. He had no fear. He wasn't second guessing anything. He just, he just looked like, like it reminded me almost a lot of the CM Punk Brock Lesnar match from SummerSlam, not the same type of match, but just like that type of punk showed up. And then he cut a promo um on the road to after the match and he's like day by day i'm remembering who the hell i who I, the hell i was and like that that is exactly what is going on punk is now won seven in a row i really really think we need to start like getting punk into that title contention i after seeing that match i want to see cm punk and brian danielson because I feel like Brian Danielson can get Punk to where he really needs to be. And then it's going to be like, wow, like we've got legit CM Punk now in AEW. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked great. And Kingston did too. I mean, like Eddie Kingston, even though he loses so often in these high profile matches, it just doesn't hurt him at all. Like he'll, the next time we see him on the show, he's going to be getting he's going to be one of the most over guys in the whole, on the whole company. What, still. what do you, what do you think about like how Brian Danielson and CM Punk have really made no like secrets about how they felt about Eddie, like 
his whole time because they asked Brian about it too, and they were like, "How do you feel that like your name keeps got got brought up in like how people viewed Eddie?" And he's like, "I told Eddie that to his face." And he's like, "And Eddie's always been one of those guys that just hasn't put in the work." And he's like, "And I'll tell you right now, when I was here and we were in Miami." Um, you know, like I went home and, and got ready and prepared my body for the next, uh, match or whatever it was. And he's like, and Eddie was out partying until three in the morning. So he's like, Eddie's one of those guys that he just, he's relentless. He doesn't get tired. He can keep going, but he's also one of those guys that like, if he actually put forth the real effort, he could have accomplished way more than what he did. Yeah. I mean, that's why this is happening so late for him. Yep. Like, all of this. He's been around for, like, two decades. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it's worth It's not better late than never, right? Yeah. And it's been great timing. But I do think that um, it, there, there's, like a, there's, like, an old guard that believes in a certain way. And then I feel like kind of like the other old guard is there as well that believes in a different way. Like I feel like Moxley's kind of in the Kingston category. And um, it's just it's just an interesting dynamic. But but it, it does make me feel like Punk and Brian are pretty much on the same page in a lot of ways. And there are going to be people that aren't going to agree with them or how they approach things and stuff. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm with you too about Punk probably getting elevated, you know, near the world title picture soon. And then, of course, I think when, when do you feel comfortable or do you feel comfortable? Should Brian Danielson or CM Punk be AEW world champion? Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a tough question. Because Brian's got a three year deal. I'm assuming CM Punk is close to that as well. This is really, they've probably got three to five years max in them. So should they be champion? And you know championships usually bring eyeballs, right? So if one of those guys is champions, I think it would help the ratings. I think more people would tune in to see them. Uh, Of the two, I think Punk, sorry, Brian has a better chance. Uh, Daniel, I, I would like, I'd prefer to see Danielson the champion over CM Punk. Like, if I had to choose between the two, um, it really just it depends. Like, uh, Dirty with the super chat is this is like perfect for uh, what we're talking about. Thanks, uh, Dirty. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it says who should be the next AEW champion. I think we had a super chat earlier too, but it, it was, it was, we were literally talking about the subject that it was, it was for, um, at the time. Oh, yes, um, Chris. We, yeah, we definitely will hit that. It's just basically he said, evening, guys, in my opinion, I think yeah. Cody knows what he's doing, and this is just a slow burn heel turn. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Honestly, I don't. I think that he's really not going to – he does not want to turn heel. I, I'm, I'm pretty much believing him at this point. Yeah, I believe him too, but that also might be like exactly what they want me to believe. <laughs> well, um, if, that's, if that's the case, then beautiful, right? Yeah, because, right. Because, I mean, it, it's going to get a huge reaction when it actually happens. Yeah. But I, I just think it, I really want them to address the elite stuff. I don't know when they do it, but I really think – I really, really think that Cody needs that. They all need that because you can't come in and form this company – 
and then have a fallout and just act like nothing happened. Like we need to know what happened. Well, I've heard Alvarez and those guys talk about this too. And this is, it relates to what you just said with hangman winning the title, which we'll obviously talk about in a minute. A lot of people are viewing this as like the culmination, like the end of this story. This story might be halfway over. Like now hangman has the title. And now you might see people reforming within the elite or like the more stories that have come of that. What, what happened to Adam Cole and, and like all, like all these things yep. could be possible with hangman as the champion too. Yep. Um, and I'll say this too. I don't know if people remember, but when Cody was doing the bullet club is fine stuff, like he was tagging with Adam page. Yeah. He was tagging with Adam page and Kenny was like with the bucks and they was like divided. So I don't know if they actually go there and maybe it's like the elite turned the back on both of us and, you know, we're better off for it now or like, I, I have no idea, but there's a lot of layers that could go this way. Yeah. And yeah, heading into AEW, like I remember Cody <clears throat> would say a lot of time before, like anyone really had it in their minds, Cody would be like, people are sleeping on Hangman. Like Hangman might be the best overall guy that we have. Like, that, like yep. and this was like pre AEW, like, th- yep. like he's, they, they the plan they've had big plans for him for before AEW even existed. And one thing that I think is getting overlooked that I think you know Tony Khan he keeps you know in touch with all this subtlety and stuff and long term stories. Hangman Page is now the fourth world heavyweight champion, and like if they can play that four into it somehow, like if they can do him and him and Cody and like FTR or something as like the four horsemen, that would be so sick. Um, but as far as like, what's crazy too, mm -hmm. real quick, that all out pay-per-view, right? That was booked to be hangman versus Jericho and Moxley versus Omega. That was your four champions right there, right in front of our face. Like double or nothing. (laughs) The second one, right. Double or nothing happened. Then it was all out and they still hadn't been on TV yet. And the poster had those four guys on the, on the, the, for the show. And those turned out to be your four champions. Like the little subtle stuff that the, the Easter eggs that they drop is just, it's crazy. Yes. So dirty for your question, as far as the next AEW world champion, like I'll put it this way. I don't, I think it would, I think it would not be, there's a lot of goodwill with the AEW fan base in the company. And I think it would be a bad idea to have like a short title run for Hangman. Like it yeah. might not be, it might not be a year long, but I don't think it should right. be like a week long or like a month long or like one pay-per-view or whatever. I um, think we're probably talking double or nothing. Pat, double or nothing and pass is when it probably will happen. But I I think if it depends on how long he has the title, that's the, the dirtiest question is completely contingent on how long he has the belt. And I'm assuming he's going to have the title for at least a little while. And I think the person that makes the most sense is MJF. So that's who I'm going to stick with. So my guess is it's either going to be Punk or Danielson or Adam Cole. Well, I, I think, think Punk or Danielson, if it's like a short run, that's possible. Because they could do that potentially in the next couple of months. But like MJF is going to be like a story. I, I agree. I just, I, me personally, it's just my opinion. 
I think MJF goes all the way till his contract is up. I think they re-sign MJF, and then when they re-sign MJF, then they they run with the the, the championship. But I feel like they they've got to strike while the iron is hot, while Punk and Brian is there, and they've got. I I don't. I just don't see Tony bringing in these guys and not making them champions at some point. Like I I feel like both of them are going to become champion, and I think it brings credibility to your title. When your title is Jericho, Moxley, Omega, Hangman, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and then MJF, or let's say, like, that's not a bad deal. And imagine, too, if, like, if it's Brian Danielson, the ultimate babyface versus the ultimate heel MJF or something like that, and Brian's the one that puts MJF over or something. I, I don't know, but... I, I feel like him. that'd be sick. I feel like MJF at like 25, like I just don't feel like you have to give him the title anytime soon and you can let it marinate and then really build it up and then let Brian and Punk have their moments for these next couple of years and then go from there. Yeah. Well, we'll say this. I do or, think or Adam Cole too, because the whole bullet club story yeah. and all that, like, He's primed for that, and I and I do think that when Tony brought these guys in, those three were going to be huge pieces for the company. So I would not be surprised if Adam Cole possibly wins. And 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 we got to after you know we talk about the main event, the fallout of this is just incredible. This is a wild story, and like it could go so many different ways. So yeah. Um... Yeah, I've, I've all, I'll just throw this out there, and this isn't really anything like I, I, you know, pretty obvious based on you know how much I like MJF and his age and everything. But like, I honestly think like obviously there's a ton of value right now to having Danielson and Punk and these guys. Like, all, like obviously, but I think the most important, the most valuable person on that entire roster is MJF long term. Like he's he's your he is your top heel for the next decade plus if he stays uninjured. Like, so it's, it, I just feel like that just be really careful. Like you can't wait too long to put, I know it's only been a couple of years, but like he's gonna, because he's a, he's a perennial main event level guy. He has been since the company started pretty much because yeah. of his character. And like he wins yep. when it matters almost always. And yep. so like, he's going to always be in that mix. So we can't take losses very often. But it's like, how long can you have him beating everyone but the champion? At a certain point, like he's gonna have to. But if you like, if he made Brian Danielson submit to win the title, like that would be so sick. Like that would be yeah. huge. Like yeah. puts him in that Fujiwara armbar, puts him in his own hole, beats him with a with a label lock or something. Oh my god, it'd be crazy. What do um, you think? What do you think about Punk's road to the title goes through MJF? Like just the fact that they'd have an actual long-term feud that went to the pay-per-view, but Punk actually won. I don't like the idea of MJF losing to CM Punk, but if it leads to Punk turning heel after that, and he wins, if CM Punk beats Hangman Page, for instance, for the title, but he turns heel during the match, and like it's clear that he's turned heel, and like he's getting booed when he holds that title up, like that, I'm like I'm okay with that. But I don't want just like this baby face. I'm happy to be here, like having a good time being back. See, I'm punk. Like it's got to be the UMF fans booing me against Eddie Kingston. Like 
yeah. serious, you know? And I think so. that that should be acknowledged, like not full on heel turn, but he, he starts to just point out like, Hey, like, you know, I did hear some booze in this crowd here. And like, if you want to go there, we can go there. Like I'll, we'll, we'll end this whole celebration right now. and We'll go a different way. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting, right? Because there's so many people that can be champion. So many, I feel like there's a lot of people that want Eddie Kingston to be champion. And that could be like a big, like underdog road to the title. Me personally, it's not my favorite idea. You know how I like, I like Eddie Kingston, but man, like I'm not making him champion over the other guys that are in there, but I do feel like that the story could be pretty compelling and the crowd could get really behind it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Especially if you were to win like in New York or something, it'd be huge. Um, Moving on. We got one more super chat. Um, TDI Charlie Brown. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, Does anyone think that the trios tag team division would benefit AEW? I do. I want it. I think that they know how to book it. I think it would be done well. I like it much more than female tag team titles or the female TBS championship. Um, I, I just feel like that they would treat those belts with some respect and it would have some of the craziest matches. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think it benefits and fits a W style of wrestling as well. Like let's say that, um, Dante's brother from Top Flight comes back. You could Darius. have Dante, Darius, and Leo Rush as as like a trio's tag team champions, and versus you name it. Like you could just fill it in, and and I don't think that they would have to go for the tag titles at that time. They would just proudly hold the trio's titles. So I wanted. I heard that there's definitely. I don't remember who. I think CM Punk really hated the idea because he's an old school guy. Um, and so, like, there's definitely people that are against it. So I, I don't know if it'll actually happen. But, I mean, I, I think that it should happen on pay-per-view. I also think the TNT title should be defended on pay-per-view, every pay-per-view. There's only four of them. So I think the TNT title should always be defended on pay-per-view. Um, yeah, we talked about the trio's title before. Like, I'm not generally, like, I'm not huge on those usually. And I don't love the idea of, like, adding so many belts usually. But... In AEW's case, those titles, it'd be great because there's so much talent that they would have incredible six-man tag matches. So, like, yes, you know, I would, I would definitely enjoy it. It's one of those things we've talked about before that I thought the WWE should have considered doing it when they had, like, the Shield and the Wyatt family and the New Day and, like, a bunch of these, like, really good, like, super over, like, trio teams um, instead of having like two people carry the belts or whatever out of the three. So, right. um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm down. They got, they got so much talent that they would, they would definitely make it, make it good. Cause like ring of honor has six man belts and like the matches are usually pretty good, but like, I don't think people care about the titles that much, unfortunately. Um, yeah. One ring of honor in general with this spot they're in and everything, but like in AEW, I think, the matches would be so good that people would immediately be into the titles. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think they would know how to book it to where it would work. Yeah. Um. Next match, we got inner circle against American top team. Um. 
Dude, Junior Dos Santos is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's so much better than Arlovsky. It's not Dude. even funny. I know. And I love Arlovsky. I always talk about, like, Arlovsky is one of my top three favorite UFC heavyweights ever. But, like, and I love Junior Dos Santos as well. I've just been watching. I feel like Arlovsky told Hager we're just going to throw, like, sparring punches at each other because they, like, connected. They weren't, like, super hard, but it was just like. We'll just throw punches at each other and then take me down or whatever. Like, uh, but yeah, Junior's like standing suplex, moonsault. Like he's going for it. He was taking bumps on the outside, like on like the yeah. you know this on like the concrete and stuff, yeah. like flat back bumps, and whatever. He, he looks like he's loving it. Like, yeah, he's also this is like the best thing that could have happened for him because he got cut from the UFC. So like, yep. so he has this whole other potential career ahead of him. If he keeps doing this, he keeps getting better. And Arlovsky fought for the UFC like a month ago and he's still under contract, which is wild. Cause he, you know, is still an active fighter for the UFC. Um, which I also thought, might explain why maybe he's not willing to risk as much, you know, like juniors yeah. is like, I'll do whatever. I don't care. Well, cause juniors alternative was going to be like pro boxing, which he might still do. And he's probably be, fine at it's just you know his age and all the miles on his career and everything but like this is a lot safer than boxing like in the grand scheme of things for like your brain and like your overall health uh just doing wrestling every now and then you might get a bit banged up but it's better than getting punched in the face over and over again um yeah. and then you know i thought dan lambert did good for what he was meant to do and in scorpio and ethan both did too i mean well it's, i mean that's the whole it's the whole you knew what you're gonna get out of dan lambert like, I thought it was a, a, a way over the top, though. Like it was, it was like 1980s heel manager times 10. Like I get it, but that's what just, he was going for. No, I get it. <laughs> I get what he was going for. I just thought it came across this really just cheesy and bad. But, but, but like at the end of the day, you get like Sammy Guevara doing like a swanton off a painter's ladder. You do see crazy bumps. Like this was probably up there for me is the worst match of the night and you still had a lot of memorable stuff in it like that's if that's the worst match of the night that i would still probably give like a seven like that just shows how strong the card was you know what i mean yeah for sure and you know coming out of this because i i feel like i i don't know what what if it's screwed up now if they could even do it. Cause I, I really felt like they were going to go with Jericho and Masvidal one-on-one and now Masvidal is hurt and out of the Edwards yeah. fight and stuff. So like, I don't know, but if they are moving on from this after this, uh, cause this would be a good way to kind of wrap up the whole ATT yes. versus inner circle thing. Um, I personally, now I don't need to see the inner circle break up like they, but I think they should kind of go their own separate ways and only kind of unite when they need to. So yes, like I totally agree. So I do Jericho wrestling on his own and Hager as his bodyguard, maybe some Jericho and Sammy tag team matches and Jericho and Hager tag team matches because they got, you know, lost sex gods or whatever they were called and right. and uh Hager and whatever. Maybe do some but they I think they really need to focus Santana and Ortiz back into the tag team title mix cuz yeah. those guys are super talented and like they've kind of been at least they've had this to do, but like imagine where they might be if like they weren't a part of the inner circle. Like they they might not fit in for like anything right now, like super high profile in the company, but like the talent's there and they always kill it like when the spotlight's on them. 
So I, I want to see like, more from them as like a tag team going towards the titles. I feel like there needs to be some type of tag team tournament or something soon. Like there's just too many contenders, too many really good tag teams that aren't really doing a lot. So like, you know, the acclaim Leo Rush and Dante, um, private party, you've got uh, 2.0, 2.0, you've got, I mean, there's just a ton of them, right? The young bucks. Um, yeah, there's just Santana Ortiz, there's just a ton. So uh, man of the year. Yeah. So there's just a, there's just a lot. And I feel like that uh, they're definitely, they definitely need to um, use those guys more. So I would be all for that. Yep. Not a whole lot more to talk about with this read fight though. I mean, it no. was like, it I, just I am starting to wonder though, like what do you do with Jericho and how much longer can he really go? Because at this point, like, he's like almost three years in or he is three years in with the AEW now, like how much longer did he expect to go? You know, like it's gone by really fast and he's had a hell of a run, but is he still able to really go out there and have these singles matches? I mean, his, his uh, five labors of Jericho was really good, but it almost kind of feels like that. That was like maybe some of his last hurrahs. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't know where you go with him in the future. You know what match I'd really like to see? Cause it, we've just, we've just never seen it before. And I know that it, at least one of the two guys would be marking out big time would be if they did Jericho and Adam Cole. Yeah. Cause like, we've never seen it. And like, you know, yeah. Adam Cole probably grew up a massive Jericho fan. Like it would be yeah. awesome. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's what I do with Jericho for a while. Have him just wrestle guys. He's never wrestled before. Yeah. That are like, like young you know, have, him, have him and Danny Garcia pay, out on a pay-per-view match. Like, yeah. you know, just, um, yeah, something like that. Like, I, I don't know. Cause it is a, it is a, especially guys match. that can work really well. Cause then he doesn't have to worry about too much and then kind of carry him through. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got guys from ring of honor, I'm sure coming over and stuff like, you know, Jay lethal and stuff. So there's going to be, there's going to be an influx of talent for Jericho to work with. Um, and I think part of the, you know, because it, it was a bit head scratching when Jericho, even though MJF beat Jericho multiple times, Jericho technically won the feud with MJF. And if he's going to win that, it leads me to believe he's going to have to stay relevant in the company for a while because otherwise they would have just had MJF win. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, there, there's got to be plans for Jericho to be doing something big going forward. So, Speaking and Jericho of- and Page rematch, that's a good, that's a real, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. That was the first ever match for the title, and Hangman Page came up short. He can kind of redeem himself in his own mind with his confidence by beating Jericho. Um, that's a really speaking good one. Of, speaking of that, um, with Lethal, I think Jericho and Lethal would be really cool. That's a match that's never happened. And yeah. they, they Lethal's been in the business for a really long time. Yeah, for sure. Lethal gets so, a lot of these guys. So we can talk about Lethal. The signing of Lethal... Um, I thought that that was a cool moment. Um, it was one of those that I really didn't know if AEW would be that interested in. But then when I found out he was only 36, I'm like, wow, like, why not? I mean, he's a veteran. He's been he's been up there as one of the best in the world, especially his, his ROH title reign was amazing. Um, the House of Truth and all that stuff. So... I I I'm curious to see what like a motivated Jay Lethal who's really like getting a new opportunity with a company that he's never been with like 
what what he could bring to the table. I just don't know where he fits. Because it, to me, it's kind of like he's in that Bobby Fish mode, I guess you would say, to where, like, he gets in there, he's going to have matches, but, like, is there actually, like, long-term plans with him or or what? You know, I don't know. I, I think that it's very similar to the Bobby Fish thing in a lot of ways from from kind of like a uh, from like the standpoint of like where he fits in because he didn't really fit in at first. But so like the best way I can put this is when with Bobby Fish, right when he came into the company, I know that there were some fans that were like they were confused because they felt like Bobby Fish was getting like a lot of shine, even though he was losing matches. It was like he was getting main events and kind of like and people were like, but Bobby Fish, like, why is he getting this big match over this person or that person that's been in AEW? That because Bobby Fish, like, he's always been really good, but he, you know, if you look at the Undisputed Era, I'd say he's probably the the worst of those four, like, like all around. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it's like, but but there was a plan to it. The reason they were showing us so much Bobby Fish is because he's going to be a part of like this stuff with Adam Cole and like they're teasing and like, it looks like Kyle O'Reilly could be an AEW within weeks. So like, yeah. so the, there, there was a, there was a method to the madness of having so much Bobby fish on the screen over the last few weeks. Jay lethal. Also I think that be, cool segment with Adam Cole and like the young bucks and like right. putting them together, like that could lead to something down the road to where it's like, like, I don't feel like AEW just does stuff for fun. Like, I feel like that they really believe in the long-term booking. Right. And that's what I'm getting at was like with, with lethal, I feel the same way because they're going to put him right in there in the TNT title match against Guevara. You'll probably see him a little bit in some kind of high profile stuff, but I think it will lead to him and Gresham. And like, if they could do a stable, it's like lethal Gresham, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, Brian Danielson, something like that. Like some like, basically the foundation but with like talent well <laughs> no because i think i think hot sauce tracy williams is really really yeah. really slept on more star power i guess you would more say. star power that's fair to say but like i think tracy williams will wind up in aew he has a lot of really close friends there like orange cassidy and john taylor and all those guys through. yeah exactly so like and, and he has a lot of he's wrestled a lot of these guys on the indies and stuff. But the the point is, I think that we'll see a bit of lethal, and but like it'll lead to something bigger where it's like the introduction of Gresham, the introduction of like maybe Tracy Williams or something. But I I think there's a real opportunity for like a real pure wrestling stable in uh in AEW similar to the foundation. And I think that's what they should do with uh with Jay Lethal personally. Yeah, I just want to say too like. This this whole I'm so sick of these cancel culture losers that have popped up on here and they'd be like, well, what about lethal's accusations and blah blah blah? Like, look, ROH investigated that. ROH had looked into that. ROH investigated and looked into Marty Scroll. They chose to let go of Marty Scroll. They chose to keep lethal. And so, like, to just constantly try to convict somebody when this has been like what, I don't know, six, eight years ago. And there's really been no proof any of this stuff has happened. And Lethal's already addressed it. And they're like, well, why didn't you bring up questions and question Lethal at the press conference? Why does he have to keep answering to something that's basically under the rug at this point? Like, 
we're just trying to ruin people's lives and careers because you're a loser and you're a dork that sits at home and feels like that you actually amount to anything because you're trying to destroy someone's life. Like, I'm over it. Shut your mouth and watch the show. If you choose that you don't want to support Jay Lethal, turn off AEW. Yeah, I can't really talk about any of that stuff. but Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, but, but I wanted to say my piece because I saw a lot of that going on. And I don't want to see the same bull crap when AEW tries to bring in Will Ospreay or whatever else. Like, clearly, there isn't enough merit to these. Because, listen, if there was, these companies would not have them on their show. They would just move on. But they're not. But they're choosing to have them on their show. We cannot just go with just accusations and that's it. We saw what happened with the Riddle case. We saw what happened with it. And it got basically dismissed. And a lot of it was she was proven to be a liar. We cannot just immediately say somebody's name just because they say this. And then all of a sudden, someone's career is over because of it. Lethal's put in way too much time, way too much effort, way too much sweat equity for just a bunch of freaking social justice warrior geeks that don't even actually care about pro wrestling throwing an absolute fit because somebody that they don't like is on the show. Next. Anyways. Main event time. Yep. We've got uh, Adam Hangman Page finally defeating Kenny Omega to win the AW World Championship. I've got my little Hangman here on my desk with his world title. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you there go. You go. Um, I got to change the the layout. I, there wasn't any good PNG images, but I got to switch out Kenny on our show here for Hangman in the, in the middle of our graphic uh, next week. But... Um, yeah, I mean, this was the culmination of, I mean, basically a three, three year build from Hangman being the first person to show that AEW logo on BTE to losing to Jericho to the whole Young Buck stuff and him and Kenny as a tag team and yep. losing to Kenny last year and the drinking and the dark order and all of it. I mean, it's finally and the way that they did it was I, I did not expect that ending with the young bucks mm -hmm. basically telling him to go ahead and do it. And but I, I loved it. Yeah. And let me, let me tell you the Easter egg that some people didn't pick up on that just makes this thing such genius. Like this is genius. This is storybook telling at its finest. When Adam page cost the young bucks, their match that actually broke them up where he got kicked out of being the kicked out of the elite and, had a, a drink thrown in his face and he looked at that broken mirror. He held Nick Jackson's ankle when he was trying to get into the ring to help Matt. And then when the young bucks cost um, Adam page, the match in when they were the uh, space jam guys going up against the dark order, they held his ankle and cost him the match. So, it wasn't just the fact that like they chose not to do anything. They were in the exact same position where both of them had made a decision that basically acknowledged the fact that both of them screwed up. Like they were both wrong in that sense. And it just, man, when Matt gave him the nod, like it, it, it hit me emotionally, not that I cried or anything, but it was just like, Oh, damn. Like this storyline, dude. Like we have been through this thing for so long. It was 
It was the Bullet Club is fine. It was Kota Bushi and Kenny. It was Kenny and Cody. And now it's Adam and the Young Bucks and Kenny. And like, God dang, dude, this story has been so good. I could argue this is one of the greatest storylines in professional wrestling history. History. And most people can't get behind that because they never watched it from the, the whole start. But like, if you watch BTE from the New Japan, Bullet Club is fine, like all the way through till AEW, till that moment. Like, and like you said, it's not over. Like, we might just be halfway done at this point. And it also leaves so many questions that we need answered, right? It leaves what happens with the Bucks and Kenny now. Like, there's no way Kenny's going to be okay with that decision. What what happens between the Bucks and Adam Page? Where does Adam Cole fit into all of this? Like, there's just so much that could be going on. And the match itself, I liked it. I just felt like that they had a match where they know they're going to revisit this thing down the line. Like, they will have another match. It will happen, and they didn't want to give away everything, so they kept some of the stuff close. And I'm not sure that that's the best idea because the storyline merited something bigger, in my opinion. But it sounds like Kenny's in really bad physical shape, and it's like he kind of went out there and he's just like just making it by. So hopefully, he's going to get some time off after this and. We uh, he'll get some rest because it sounds like he's really been through it. Yeah, and this is kind of I was kind of calling for that with Omega for like not because of injury or whatever, but I was saying I think he'll probably take a break when he loses the belt. Like he'll disappear for a minute, and you know I think it'll be good. It'll you know that dude because not only was he doing that in AEW, I mean he was doing double duty by going wrestling and impact and like i mean he's triple a triple a of course i mean so and then with when it comes to hangman i was trying to find it just now i wrote an article for fan sided like I, I was trying to find it. it was so long it was i think it was 2018 but i wrote an article about thinking that hangman page was like ready to break out when he he wrestled Jay White uh, on New Japan, yeah, and and I remember that, and I remember that was like at that point that was the best match I had seen of Hangman's, and I was like, okay, I could see, I could see him being a major player going forward, and that was 2018. So yeah. now we're talking 18, 19, 20, 21, heading into 2022. So for me, that's just to your point. Like, you know, there are a lot of people that maybe just got in on this recently and it just kind of saw the tail end of but for me that that's kind of where my my story with all of this starts is like 2018 seeing it him in new japan against jay white and being like this guy could be the world champion maybe one day yeah. and i was thinking maybe like in ring of honor or something like that and now it's like aew is way bigger than ring of honor ever was and now he's the guy holding that title and he was the right guy to choose too like this wasn't forced this was it was a long-term story and they they stuck to it and it the payoff like this is what everybody wanted like this is 
The crazy thing about it is, though, is it was the exact opposite of what happened with Roman Reigns in a sense of like they could have easily given that title to Hangman and all out and beat Jericho and become the very first uh, AEW champion. And the crowd would have hated him. Yeah, absolutely hated him. They would have crapped all over it. It would have felt forced. Like, I remember being in the crowd and like he started coming out and the crowd was chanting cowboy shit. And like, it was just like, I looked at Bill and I was like, dude, this is like, this is giving me some stone cold vibes. Like he is really over. Like people are trying to throw beers at him, like to drink, not like, you know, but like, it was just like, and I'm not saying he's stone cold. Don't go there. But all I'm saying is, is like, he was over more than everybody else in there. And it was like all organic and the people were seriously behind him. And it was all like, just because of timing and how they did it and the storytelling, right? Because if they don't do that story between the young bucks and Kenny, he doesn't get over like that. Like a lot of credit belongs to AEW for getting these guys over, right? Like Sammy with his feud with MJF, even though he didn't win, like it, it, it helped him get over. So many guys are getting over and they don't even have to win. Because they're being booked so strong. Look at Jungle Boy. Like, Jungle Boy isn't necessarily winning the big matches. But he's getting to the point to where he's over because he just looks so strong in all of his matches. You know and what I mean? And they've put him out there so often. Like, he's had more matches in AEW than anyone. So, like, we've been watching Jungle Boy, his progression, like, in front of us pretty much, like, week after week. Like, we see Absolutely. a lot of Jungle Boy, but they're not overexposing him. Like they're yep. just we're just seeing a steady progression with this guy. Um and we're also seeing a steady progression of him being more comfortable by himself. Like before it was just like he wouldn't even go out there if it's not Luchasaurus around, or like, you know, now it's like he feels like he can defend himself without Luchasaurus. He's coming out in a leather jacket and jeans and just ready to fight somebody, you know? Like we're seeing more of an evolution of, of that guy that could be a single star yeah yeah i agree and i like that he's kind of like doing the beard a little bit now and stuff a little bit older a little bit tougher um and i think him and luchasaurus should always keep like an alliance like they can team but they also can be out there when they're wrestling singles i hope they figure out a way (laughs) to keep marco stunt involved um you know how i feel about him love marco but like it was he even I don't think he was even on the show. At, Dude, at, I, th- I think I think he's as good as gone. I really do. Especially when Brian Danielson was talking about basically how contracts like Tony is not about letting people go, but you know, if contracts are done then they don't renew. Like he brought that up. So I mean, I, I obviously Tony has told some people that they're not coming back. And I haven't seen Marco near any of those guys in like a month or more. Yeah, I hope that's not the case, but I'm starting to get a little worried for Marco. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, I mean. Uh, so so hold up real quick. One thing I wanted to say was, so when Adam brought up Coda at the contract signing, I saw Twitter on Wednesday night, Kota Ibushi was trending. And that's because people don't know who he is. 
And that's what I'm saying is like the storyline itself goes back so far that it's really. And so my thing is, man, I feel like Coda's got to get involved in this thing at some point. I really do. And so, so I guess I, what is your prediction of what's going to happen moving forward? It doesn't have to be anything rock solid, but like, do you think the elite are breaking up? Do you think, Adam is taking over the leader role. Do you think Kenny becomes baby face? Like, what, what are you thinking? I don't know. There's, there's just so many possibilities. Like, I think it's interesting that the dark order <laughs> handed hangman a beer after he won and he threw the beer on the ground. Like he didn't yep. want the beer. I think it's going to be kind of more of his character going forward. Like he doesn't need to be drinking anymore. Cause like he I, has the confidence. I think drinking was to to cope with his lack of confidence and self-doubt and all that stuff. And I think now the character doesn't necessarily do that. But I also think it helped him get really over. So I don't know how that's going to work. Well, I also think that that's an awesome way of, like you said so many times, of like turning CM Punk heel. But I also think that there may be more at play now with like Moxley's like actual real life stuff going on. Like they might be a little more sensitive to like a storyline based on alcoholism or something like that. But yeah. I, but I also, you know, there's a, you know, when it comes to like Adam Page and Adam Cole, you know, there's so much meat on the bones for something like that. For you know, obviously, Adam Cole finding out what the Young Bucks and Kenny had done to him before with like poisoning him, and then yeah. also it goes back even farther where Hangman, like he started calling him Adam Page, started calling himself Hangman Page after Adam Cole joined the Bullet Club because there was two Adams and Adam Cole was like way more popular. So yep. he changed his name to Hangman specifically because Adam Cole joined. So like there's like even little things like that where like there's a really, really long-term history between these guys for a lot yep. of reasons. So I, I definitely want to see that at some point. Um, but like the rest of the stuff, I don't, I don't know. Like I honestly don't want the Young Bucks to turn babyface. Yeah. I The only thing, like, I, I do think that they could ditch some of the annoying stuff from the elite. Like, not to be so over the top. Still be heels, but they don't have to be so over the top. I don't think it necessarily merits it as much anymore. And I just think that my thing is, I, I think that Kenny needs time away. And if that means that like Adam Cole and the Bucks turn on Kenny and take him out. And then when Kenny comes back, he's like a super baby face. Yeah. And a boost comes think with that's him. the worst idea. I like think that, that would be pretty good. Yeah. Like so I was excited before on here, but like, that's, if you're going to bring back Kenny as a baby face, that's when you bring in a Like you bring in Kenny yeah. and a Bushi together as baby faces to fight off the heel elites. Yeah. Um, which would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just so many, so many options they have coming out of the show and all the options are good. So, well, and I also think that like an Adam Cole, Adam page feud would be amazing. Like, yeah, I'm all for that. So like, there's just a lot of directions they could go. And like we've said before, I mean, there's, there's a story within the stories where Adam Cole is going to have to make a decision soon on, is he going to be siding with red dragon or is he going to be siding with the young bucks? Like if yeah. it comes down to it, like, because I have no doubt in my mind Kyle Rowley's coming. Like, it's, they it's also, happening. They also could do the kingdom if they wanted to. Like, they if could. they really wanted to do, like, where Adam is totally confused on where to go, does he go to Undisputed Era? Does he stay with Super Click? Does he go to the kingdom? Like, they're all available. So, 
Yeah, and I think that, like, I don't know if you saw, but Taven and Bennett won the Arways Tag Titles at the Honor for All show a few days ago. Yeah. And yeah. I think the main reason they did that was so that there's some sort of Ring of Honor presence on other shows. Because, like, if they show up in AEW, for instance, but it's known that they're the Ring of Honor Tag Champions, at least it's keeping, like, that brand out there while they're trying to figure things out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is – I don't know if you heard what Jay Lethal said, but, I mean, he made it sound like ROH is done. Like, he was like, the doors are closed. <laughs> well, he said he's not and even it, working final battle. But right. Gresham is. I think Gresham's going to win the world title. Like, he'll be the last right. Ring of Honor champion. Um, but like, they were like, well, why aren't you working final battle? He's like, the doors are closed. So, like, this is basically it. And he's like, I was so loyal to them. I was going to work with them till the end of my career. But he's like, the doors are closed. So I, I feel like that they're just talking about rebranding to save face to get people excited for this show. But if I was an ROH fan and like long term, like I feel like you should definitely think about ordering this show or watching the show because I think it is the last Ring of Honor show you will see. I think there's a, a very likely possibility of that as well. Yeah. Also, for people that don't know, um, Will Ospreay came and challenged Okada. And yes. so now if Okada beats Shingo on night one of Wrestle Kingdom, he will face Will Ospreay at night two, which is fantastic. And I love it. And I'm excited for it. And I really feel like New Japan is going to have a big year next year. I feel like if there's any company that's really has the forbidden door broken between AEW, it's it's New Japan. I feel like that they're going to work a lot more together. I think you're going to see AEW talent in New Japan. I like what. How great would it be to see like Dante Martin in like a Best of Super Juniors tournament or something like that? Like, I think that uh, the sky's the limit if they can figure out the pandemic stuff. And uh, it seems like we're getting closer. So, um, yeah, I think we'll get Punk versus Kenta in New Japan. Yep, and I, I mean I. Either in New Japan or in AEW, right? Like, yeah. I think it could go either way. But I'm I saying, think, I think that'd be big for Punk to, like, go do that there, too. Like, that's, like, that's like establishing even more, like, what you're about now. You know I, I mean? could also see, like, a broken Kenny Omega trying to find himself. And the only person that he could find himself is if he, he has to face this man to, to find himself again. And that's Okada. I could see them doing Omega Okada match again, whether that's in AEW or New Japan. But I think that that would be a cool storyline of like babyface Kenny trying to find himself again. Yeah, I think that they should do that match in AEW. I think that they, if they were doing like an exchange of like you get Okada versus Omega on AEW, but like Danielson versus. Zack Sabre Jr. Sabre Jr., right. That's New Japan or something like right. that. Like, you know, you, you make it as even as you can to, like, send – you do you do the Punk and Kenta maybe at New Japan. Yeah. But, but like, uh, you know, Ishii and Rusev or Ishii and Miro happens on AEW or something like that. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. And see, I would love that, right, where no matter what, each show is getting a big, big match to where you have to watch both. Exactly. Right? That's, that's the real – that's the real 
true value of co-promotion is like yeah. both companies benefit. This isn't like a, a, uh, M1 Global trying to co-promote with the UFC when they bring literally nothing to the table when like <laughs> but they like, just want like half the profit. <laughs> right. But like this is like an advertisement for both companies consistently. Like yeah. Wait, we just saw Okada versus Kenny on this show and they're talking about, you know, next week on New Japan, they're about to be running, you know, this or that over on New Japan, like you got to go watch New Japan. Like I mean that's 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 true co-promotion. That's how it should work, where all the companies benefit from one another. Right. And then, I mean, you know, New Japan was able to pull off signing Buddy Murphy and Bronson Reed. So, you know, it seems like guys are skipping impact and going to New Japan. You even said Cardona possibly wants to work New Japan. So there's just a lot of um, – I, I really feel like New Japan is going to have a big year next year. Big. I agree. Year. I agree. I mean, it can't – Outside of the company like shutting down, which I obviously don't want to happen, I don't think they could have really had a worse. Like, it can't get any worse, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, the, the worst has come already, you know. The great thing about them is they still have enough star power to where people are going to be excited about their future stuff. I feel like with Ring of Honor, it just got to the point to where it's like, and I'm not saying they didn't because they clearly have good talent, but it just it just seemed like that there just was no path forward. They should do like a, I don't know how this would work. And there's probably a really obvious reason this would be bad, but like what they should do is like new Japan, like a new Japan versus AEW like super show where it's like yeah. match versus match, but you, but you order it through new Japan world. Like you don't have to, you don't have to get it through bleacher report. You get it through new Japan world. Wow. Like, cause that, cause that would boost subscriptions for new Japan world big time because like i don't know how i don't know the relationship with 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 bleacher report i i have no idea how that all works but like if they could set something up where AEW gets the same cut that they get from bleacher report that they could just team up with new japan and make something work like that benefits both of them like you get you know what i'm saying like i'd rather no, I get I'd, what you're saying I, like I'd, ra I'd rather give my money to new japan than bleacher report you know what i mean right yeah, I think that the whole point of Bleacher Report is it's owned by Warner Media, which is owned oh, by TNT. Duh. Well, there's the but obvious. That's why they kind of forced it. Yeah, but it's funny, right? You can order, you can't order it live on Fight, but you can order it the replay on Fight. Well, the last pay per view was live, but not this. I one. know, I yeah. know, because it was it was such a disaster because they had just transitioned from Bleacher Report live to Bleacher Report. And it was a mess, so they went ahead and just offered it on fight like the week of because that was not the plan. Right. And then and then this time it's like, no, we've got it. But like there were a lot of people that had issues. If you didn't have a really good internet, it was really laggy. Um, luckily Bill has like fiber, so we, we had no problems. But I had no problem either, just for what it's worth. Yeah. We watched it through the Roku app. I don't know how you watched it, but I just watched with a uh HDMI from my computer to my television. Okay, so got okay. I had a solid connection. Yeah. So we watched through the Roku app and we had no problems. So it was a it was a great show. I mean, I get so annoyed when people are like, Yeah, I didn't catch the pay-per-view, my bad. Like, what there's four of them a year. Like, you don't miss AEW. Like, if it's AEW pay-per-view, you watch it. Yeah. Very simple. And that's pretty much a good way to wrap this up. Like we did two hours of review. I mean, that's, 
And it worked out pretty good. Real quick, I want to do a shout out to um, Outside Interference YouTube channel. They did the five-part Hangman story that really set up all the way from the beginning to the end with actual footage and AEW let it slide because it was so good. And even Hangman put it over in his statement saying that the guys did an amazing job. So if you haven't seen that, and maybe if you're new to AEW and you didn't watch from the beginning, I highly recommend you checking that out. It's five parts, and it goes all the way from when Adam Page signed with AEW to him winning the title and all the stuff that happened. It has a lot of BTE footage, so stuff that you'd never have seen if you only watched Dynamite and Rampage. So highly recommend that outside interference. There you go. And... uh I just want to throw this out there. This last thing, just this is random, but I just wanted to bring it up. Um, I, I recently, the other day, I, you know, and this is after the pay-per-view, Hangman had won the title. I went back and I watched, because you mentioned it earlier, the Elite Squad match, where it was the Dark Order and Hangman versus uh, Kenny and the Bucks and uh, the Good Brothers, and they were dressed up like the uh, like Space Jam. The Dark Order entrance for that with Hangman, I think, is the best entrance I've ever seen in wrestling. Like, like I, like I, like I loved it when it happened, but I hadn't seen it in a while. And now, especially now that Hangman's won the title, and I went back and watched that entrance with like the whole like, what does it mean to be a cowboy? Yeah. You know, like in the yeah. whole thing, because like they've been doing those packages. There was another one before he won the title. Which that like was kind pretty of, cool too. Yeah, which like kind of was like a continuation of kind of that. And it shows the storylines like on the screen while he was wa- walking by with this horse or whatever. And it looked kind of like the Nitro opening, which I absolutely love. <laughs> <Where, laughs> you know, down the street, and you're seeing it on the buildings and stuff. Yeah. I love that. So um, I just want to throw that out there for those of you who may not have seen that or those of you who saw it but like haven't seen it in a minute. Go watch. I'd recommend watch that Dark Order and Hangman entrance for that that big tag team match. Like that, that's top tier entrance for me. So incredible, awesome, yeah. And guys, if you can leave comments down below as well, leave comments. Tell us uh, what some of your favorite parts of our conversations were. I'd appreciate it. If you guys haven't yet, please hit that like button. If you haven't, please subscribe. Um, we do this every Tuesday. Um, and check out Dynamite tomorrow. We'll find out what it's like to see Adam Page as champion, Jay Lethal versus Sammy Guevara, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson versus Evil Uno. I believe also they're going to do um, Leo Rush and Dante versus The Acclaimed, so that should be good. Um, and then uh, Sheeta versus Nyla Rose for the TBS title bracket thing, so the tournament. So, yeah, good episode of Dynamite, and then uh, we find out more what happens later on. But it's really exciting after pay-per-views because it's a new slate, new storylines, new everything. Um, and uh, it's just the, the new direction to finish out the year. Also, shout-out to Loco Wrestling. I'm going to Loco Wrestling on Saturday. Um, Ninja Mac versus Alex Zane. Dante Ooh. Martin versus Joe Alonzo in a steel cage match. Um, not Dante Martin, Dante Leone in a steel oh, okay. cage match. Yeah, that's um, sick, yeah. Yeah. Brian Keith versus Robert Martyr. Um, yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of good uh, matches on that show. So I got front row tickets to that. And then two weeks I'm going to GCW. Um, so, so yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff. 
Hell yeah. I've got AEW in a couple weeks. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to going to good old Dave and Buster's tomorrow and uh, <laughs> pre-gaming for AEW at night. And uh, yeah, if y'all want to follow me, follow me at Fight Talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-L-K underscore. Go ahead and go to independentwrestling.tv or IWTV.live and use code Fight Talk. All is one word, no space. Fight Talk. And uh, they have like 6,000 shows from 270 promotions on there. I promise you, if, you're, if you call yourself a pro wrestling fan, it's the best $9.99 a month I think you can spend on wrestling. And there's so many things you can watch that like you'll find, you'll definitely find stuff you like, including a lot of the wrestlers Doug's talking about right now. There's a lot of that. They're on a lot of the IWTV shows. Um, so yeah, Ch- subscribe to Fightful Select. Listen to The Weekender every Sunday. And I got other stuff. I've got videos finally coming out again on all things MMA on the YouTube channel. Uh, If you want to watch my Olympians list that uh, just went out the other day, if you're into mixed martial arts. Got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of random stuff. Doing a Degrassi podcast on Fridays. I wrote an article for Fightful Magazine that's supposed to come out on the next edition that comes out. So, like, um, so yeah, a bunch of random stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. That helps out. Awesome, guys. Well, we'll catch you next week. Everybody have a good week, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Go Skull Cowboys. Vikings. Skull Vikings. Give me a Skull Vikings. You need Skull, Skull Vikings, baby. Let's get it.